You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. I'm coming at you solo again. So the first one I want to get to, so Highway Rolling with AD says, this is just a question. Is it possible that he, Chris Olave, wasn't paying attention to the speed limit sign? I don't know about Kenner, but I have seen towns, the town speed limit drops, 20 mile an hour in speed traps. No, that's that's not that's not what was happening here. Joe Yenny, I'm pretty sure, is pretty consistently 35, and it's a residential area. It's not like it was 60 and then dropped. You know, it's like, I don't know if you're familiar with the area, but there's no roads that are not highways in Kenner that are, you know, over 45. So, I mean, he was, he was cooking and, you know, these guys drive really fancy cars, right? Like they go, you know, my car if, to get it up to 70, I'd have to work real hard. I, I'd have to be trying to go 70. Um, you know, I drive a little Chevy spark, but you know, I, you're talking about a supercharged Dodge charger, right? You're this car goes 70 without even thinking about it. So I think you're just, you're talking about guys who drive real fancy cars and they go fast and, that's just what they do. And, you know, obviously he's got to be smarter than that, but it wasn't a situation where the cops were out to get him because he was going 10 miles over the speed limit and, and it dropped. This was, you know, you, you got to be better than that. Anyway, that's, that's uh, thanks for the question, but that's not definitely not what happened. All right, let's go to one more. 992 RAS says one of the worst offenses going against one of the worst defenses should be interesting. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I you know, we feel like we say this every week. The Saints offense should be able to put up points against the Colts. But the Colts are also probably going to put up points. The Colts are the only team in the NFL who have more than 20 points in each of their first seven games. It's pretty wild when you think about it, considering they have a rookie quarterback in the last two games. You've been looking at Gardner Minshew starting at quarterback. Now, Gardner's always going to be always been a guy who's willing to air it out. But yeah, so the Saints should be able to put up points. 
and the Colts probably will put up points on the Saints. So, you know, this is not a game where you want to be behind two, three scores, right? You can't, you've got to keep pace, I think, against this Colts team because they're going to run the ball and they're going to control time of possession, or at least you'd imagine they would. Now, they have been very susceptible to big plays, and that's why you are one of the, you're the only team in the NFL to have 20 plus points in every game and you're three and four, right? If the Saints had scored over 20 points in every game, they would have a much better record than they do. So you're going to, you're going to go, you're going to go with that. But no, I agree. This, this is a game that should in theory be high scoring. Um, but you know, one, one thing I wanted to ask Derek Carr about, and, and the question you have as a Saints fan or as an analyst is how much of the issue so far this season has been Derek Carr? Like how much of it has been a quarterback underperforming more so than quarterback whose offense has let him down. And so what we heard from the saints this week is you get that extra few days, you're able to do some more self scouting. You're able to kind of look at your own shit, (laughs) right? You're able to look in the mirror a little bit more this week than you would be in most weeks. So I asked Derek Carr today kind of about his own self-evaluation and this is what he said. Obviously the long week, a few extra days for self scouting, kind of self evaluation. You know, how would you kind of evaluate your performance through seven weeks? Are you at the level you think you need to be at going forward? I mean, we're always trying to improve. Like I'm never gonna oh we're doing good. Like as soon as you like, oh we're good, like that's when crap gets really bad, you know. And so uh, the understanding and you know, getting to things and doing things, I feel very comfortable. I feel very confident. Um you know, but there's things I can do better, but there's things that we all could do better, you know, and that's that's football. And whether I've had a Pro Bowl year or not a Pro Bowl year, there's that's always been a constant theme that I've learned in football is, man, it's there's always this constant process that you're always trying to be perfect, knowing you'll never get there. And so uh, I feel confident where I'm at. You know, I feel confident when I can go out there and win a football game and all those things. And I. I I know what I'm doing, you know, um, and our guys know what they're doing. We just got to put it all together. So not a huge fan of that answer, mostly because it wasn't really an answer. You know, I, I, I'd like to think that over the last 10 days or so, Derek has had a chance to kind of evaluate how he's been running the offense and not just looking back and saying, we've all made mistakes, Uh, you know, because I don't think that he has played up to the caliber that he needs to for this team to be successful. And I, and I think if he's being honest with himself, he, he, he would say that too. Now he says he knows what he's doing. And I'd like to think that a 10 year veteran does know what they're doing. But again, you look at a lot of the breakdowns of, of his play and I didn't play quarterback in the NFL. I'm not a quarterback, right? I don't, I don't know who's coming or going, but there are a lot of very intelligent, very quarterback savvy people, former NFL quarterbacks, right? Who are breaking down these games and pointing to very, very basic things that are not being done. And so, you know, I, I, I hope, I hope for the Saints, the sake of the Saints offense, that it is the conversation is not everyone's messing up. And so we all need to be better. It needs to start with the quarterback. And so I, I talked about in the last segment, I do think that. And again, he's good at talking to the media. He's good at making everything sound rosy in those situations. But I'm hopeful that in in what's happening behind closed doors is is a little better than that. We have a point from uh, 992 RAS here. It says Jeff, everyone was using your Camara question about the offense. I'm not I'm not sure what that what that means. I think you might be talking about like, the tempo, the hurry up. And yeah, that's been a big conversation this week. I wanted to get more into that in the Friday episode because there has been a lot of talk about tempo this week and whether it's viable and how much you can use it. 
and and stuff like that. So uh, if that's what you're referring to, yeah, th- there has been a lot of talk about tempo, and uh, I want to get into that more in in our Friday episode. But let's let's go back a little bit. We have Sandra Saint Etienne. Uh, could the Saints possibly work out kickers, punters? That part of special teams really concerns me. I mean, they they could theoretically, they could. I don't think they're going to. I don't think you know, like. I think this team is confident in Blake Groupie. Now he's hit a skid here and it's, you know, the bed you made for yourself when you decided to keep a rookie kicker over an established veteran, right? Like that was always a risk and you're seeing what can happen when you bet on a rookie. He's going through rookie struggles. And, you know, I do, I do think you have to appreciate the way he did bounce back in week eight. I'm sorry, in week seven compared to week six, right? He missed the kick early against the Texans and then he missed another kick later in that game from 29 yards, something that should never happen. Absolutely never should that happen. Now, he missed the kick early. And again, it's another 50-yarder, right? Like In 2023, your expectations are that those kicks are almost automatic. But again, that's the cost of doing business when you settle for long kicks in the NFL. The percentage goes down. And unfortunately, he has not been money on those long kicks like he was in the preseason and early in the season. That said, he did he did lock in and make two kicks in that game. He he plunked an extra point off the uprights, but it went in. Uh, so you know, and I'd like to think that this is a this is a learning period. I don't think you're going to give up on him, and so I don't think the Saints are going to give up on him. Lou Headley is another question, and I don't really understand what they were thinking when they went to him over Blake Gillikin. I think they just didn't really care for Blake for whatever reason, and they wanted to move on because the talent was never in question with Blake. He was a little inconsistent last year, but it always felt weird to me that they went with Lou. He His biggest issue is just distance on kicks, right? Like, I do think that there is something to like in his style. You know, we can talk about the gross punt yardage, but the real question with him is net, right? Like, he's not allowing returns. You have not seen a single kick returned from him. So that's why there is some value in the going in punts and he should be better that than he was in this last game. But yeah, it's it hasn't been good. That said, I don't think, you know, there's a reason punters, if there's a punter sitting out on the street, sitting on his couch right now, there's a reason, right? It's not like there's these high quality punters just hanging out. So I think that you're going to ride with it and hope that he can improve. Again, you're, you're talking about rookies, right? You don't expect a rookie to just come in and light the league on fire at any position whether that's kicker, whether that's punter, whether that's center, whether that's wide receiver, you know, like that's just how it goes. And unfortunately, this is a year where the Saints decided we're going to go for it and it hasn't worked out. Um, But, you know, they're going to be allowed to struggle to some extent. And, you know, you just hope that it doesn't cost the Saints games in that process. But no, I don't think they're going to work out kickers and punters unless things get real bad. Unless, you know, if Blake Groupie comes out this week and misses another two kicks, then yeah, I think you do start considering, okay, who's available? You bring back Brett Maher, right? Like, it's not like there's a ton of great options to go for. So, uh, yeah, you just gotta you just gotta hope that he gets better um, as as he as he accrues experience at the NFL level. Here's one, Michael Summer. It's not really a question, Michael Sumner. Play calls ranked 32, offensive line ranked 27, penalties ranked 21, receivers ranked 21, QB ranked 18, kicker slash punter as short punts. Defense defense was great for three games and sucked for three games. I don't know if they sucked. You know, one of those games was a shutout. So I wouldn't say they. They necessarily sucked. I, I guess you're you're if you're talking about independent of that, you're talking about the Bucks game, you're talking about the Texans game, you're talking about the Jaguars game in terms of the games the defense didn't really show up in. It's hard for me to say they sucked against the Bucks. 
because I think they played pretty well independent of that touchdown at the end of the first half that, you know, like you can't really put that against them. And I don't think they played terribly. Now they weren't great. They didn't get off the field. They allowed some long drives. The the issue for the saints, the biggest issue for the saints has been containing quarterbacks, you know, afford not allowing them to just extend plays or get downfield. Like I looked up the, uh, like this game against the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence was just getting the ball out of his hand on the first read, every play, every play, every play, even his scrambles. He wasn't holding onto the ball and trying to make something happen and then running. He was going to his first read and then pulling it down and running. I think the longest drop back he had of the day was 4.1 seconds. And that was on the, 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 the double pass, the throwback pass, which I mean, that's crazy fast it, for that type of play in general, right? Like he had only, I think 25 of his 35 dropbacks were 2.5 seconds or less. So, you know, it's 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 tough to look at the defense and say, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, there's no pass rush because they don't have a chance to get a pass rush and they weren't able to tackle in space. But the Jags effectively had one big play on offense in the second half of that game. So I don't know. The penalties are another story. The Saints are, I want to say, I think they're tied for sixth in the NFL with total penalties, but they are first in yardage against. They are first by a wide margin in pass interference. They have 10 pass interference penalties called. The next closest team is six. They have seven defensive holding calls. So if you combine defensive holding and pass interference, that's 17. That isn't the first. They are first in the NFL in that by, I think, two over the Falcons. Who have, who have 15 total combined because they have a ton of defensive holding penalties. Saints are also first in the NFL in holding penalties, offensive holding penalties. And so you're just, you know, that kills your offense. That kills your defense. That kills everything, right? You get, you're on third down. You get off the field. Nope. Flag. You're, on, you're in the red zone. You have first and 10 at the 18. You get a holding penalty first and 20. You might as well just kick the field goal on first down because Saints aren't converting in the red zone on first and 20. It's just not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you got to be you got to be better in a lot of different ways. And so that is one thing where it's like when Derek Carr says, yeah, this we, we've everyone's been making mistakes. It's true. There have been a lot of mistakes. And that's what's been preventing you from winning. Now, I, I do think that things can get better. But, you know, you're going to have to figure that out. Michael Sumner also says Breeze couldn't win with this offensive line. And I'm going to disagree with you there because I think Drew would be just fine with this offensive line. You know, <laughs> the offensive line hasn't really been a, a major issue the last three weeks. That's what's been frustrating about this Saints offense is the offensive line has been figuring things out. You went in that game with two backup tackles and you got sacked once. I think you had three quarterback hurries, something like that. Like that wasn't the biggest problem. But I do think that Derek has been playing the last couple of weeks as if the offensive line is a sieve and he's not willing to hang in the pocket. And and that's what I need to see more is is not checking down immediately, is is going through your progressions and finding open receivers, getting the ball to Michael Thomas, getting the ball to Chris in space, getting the ball to Rashid in space. Um, and if you can do that, I think you will be better off. Don Tomasino says 29 and one do all the holding. And I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Marshawn has been called for a couple pass interference penalties. He is not, I know he got called for one against Nico Collins. He got called for one against Mike Evans. I think there was one in the Packers game as well. So, I mean, Marshawn is not exempt from the penalties. Now, Paulson, I do think is an issue in terms of he gets beat and he panics and he grabs and it happens too often. Alante has had a few himself, but I mean, you're you're telling me that two thirds of your starting cornerbacks, so you're one of your outside corners and your starting nickel corner, 
is doing all the holding. And sure, I mean, that's that's when you're playing man-to-man coverage, that's where the penalties are going to come is from the cornerbacks. Uh, the safeties, I think, have been pretty good in that regard. You haven't seen a ton of penalties on Marcus May, Jordan Howard, and Tyron Matthew, but you're not wrong. I mean, Paulson Debo, again, it's a concern I had going into the season. It's still a concern. He gets beat. He gets handsy. And it happens at very, very difficult moments. And at a certain point, it's you got to just force them to beat you. Now, if, if you're like one of Marshawn's penalties, for example, Mike Evans won clean. You can say it was offensive pass and the kind of pushed him to the ground. But the alternative was a lob to the end zone where it's a 10 out of 10 touchdown every time type play. And so you basically just reached out and grabbed his leg and pulled him to the ground. And so that's pass interference, but it saves a touchdown. Now, that's one thing. I can get on board with that because even though you got beat, you at least made sure there wasn't a touchdown. So it's a smart play. In too many of Paulson's, he's in good position. It's, it's going to be a difficult catch. Even if, you, even if you got beat, they've got to execute. And they've got to make a perfect throw and a, and a good catch. And you got to force them to do that. You can't bail them out and say, all right, give it to them where they are. Because, I mean, even if they make the catch, you make the tackle, it's not the end of the world. I would much rather, even, even an easy throw doesn't, doesn't get completed 10 out of 10 times. So at, that's what I would say to Paulson is just trust your technique. Don't grab. Just play. Um, and so that's been frustrating, but but I agree with you. Reginald Walker says we're fully loaded at this at wide receiver this year, unlike the previous two. Yeah, and, and I think that's you know, when you went into the season and you looked at okay, if the Saints can get a healthy however many games out of Mike Thomas, right? If they can keep their playmakers on the field, and obviously Jawan Johnson has been out, that has been limiting, but not not to the, not in the way that that you have been limited in previous years, right? Two years ago, you were looking at an offense of Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith and whoever else, right? Now you have Chris Olave, Mike Thomas, Rashid Shahid, all active, all available, each of the first seven games, and Alvin Kamara for the last four games, and you're still struggling this badly. And I think that's what, when you're a Saints fan and you look at it and you're like, how? That's why. Because in the, there's no there's no injury excuse this year. The offensive line has obviously struggled, but they've been getting better progressively. So why has the offense not looked better? Um, and so that's why when you look, it's like, okay, what's going on with Derek Carr? Why, how much of this is on him? I saw somebody say 75% early. I think that might be fair, right? Like, obviously there's a, there's an element here to, to where Alvin needs to be better, right? I think he was rushing a little bit. Chris Olave has to be better. And like the, the routes haven't looked good. The play calling hasn't been perfect, but I mean, there's a common denominator here and, and uh, it's not the playmakers, not necessarily doing everything perfect every time. Charles Andrews, they had Saunders on the offensive on the hill on the offense the on the hill touchdown run. His block opened the hole for him. That's what I remember. However, I'll need to go back and revisit that play. No, you're, you're correct. I think Colin Saunders uh, was was really good in that limited fullback role. They said they introduced they installed it in the game plan ahead of week six, but they never got in a goal to go situation, so they didn't use it. But yeah, the Colin Saunders says the fullback. You know, he's a very athletic guy. He'll he'll tell you that every day if you want him to. You know, he'll show you his high school running back highlights and he can move around. He can do backhand springs. It was a big thing when he got drafted. Like he's this incredibly athletic defensive lineman, defensive tackle. And so, yeah, I expect you'll see more of that in those situations. And on on Taysom Mills touchdown, you are correct. He came down, kicked out the left end and Taysom walked in untouched. And so, yeah, if you go back a couple plays now, I think he was in for two other snaps on that goal line uh, series they didn't necessarily go the Saints way. You know, Alvin got stopped on one. I can't recall. I think he might have got stopped on another one. And Colin was in as a lead blocker on that play. 
as well. Um, it wasn't his fault that the play didn't work, but uh, if you go back to the third down or fourth down, I can't recall third down or fourth down before that, when Taysom converted around the edge again, that was Colin Saunders leading the way and clearing out the edge. So he was able to get there. So, yeah, I mean, I don't expect Colin to change positions or anything, but that is good to know. The Saints released J.P. Holtz this week. So they don't have a fullback, H-back, whatever you want to call it, on the roster. So it sounds like that's going to be kind of his job to some extent, at least you know as much as it can be. He is a full-time defensive tackle, so you can't ask him to play 20 snaps on offense, but maybe you can get 8 to 10 out of him based on how you're using it. All right, let's do uh, one or two more, and then we will get the heck out of here. Jerry G. This is pretty simple. Will the Saints avoid a three-game losing streak on Sunday at the Colts? The short answer is they'd better. They kind of have to. You're not going to get a better opportunity than going up against a backup quarterback, right? This is a good Colts team. It's not a great Colts team. This is a good Saints defense. This is a good Saints offense, or at least it should be. And if you cannot go and win this game, against a quarterback that traditionally you have shut down, it's going to get ugly. Because you're talking three and five. You got two more games before the bye. You're going up against the, you know, that Vikings team that you're going up to face. They'll beat the 49ers this week. They look a lot more stout than maybe a couple, couple weeks ago. So, I mean, there are no easy wins in the NFL. There are only the games that you should win and the games that you have to win. And right now, I think this is this 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 falls right in the middle of that Venn diagram. Uh, and so, I I don't know. I think they will. I think this is the week that you maybe get on track a little bit. Um, the defense maybe does a bit more. Uh, yeah, I think the energy on the defensive side of the ball has to be better. You can't come out and allow 17 points. You can't allow two long touchdown drives to open a game when this is a defense that's supposed to be better than that. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I I'm gonna say yes. But at the same time, uh, there's just so little that's been inspiring about this offense other than maybe putting up yards in between the 20s. Okay, one more. Michael Ratcliffe, I lied. He has been calling good games. Last week showed how bad DC4 is playing. Can't make the throws. Got to be able to run the ball effectively to get play action and motion to be effective. See, I I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say Pete has been, a, has been calling good games. Only like if you look at when the Saints were successful in that game, it wasn't Pete. It was Derek going up the line and, and running the offense that way. And, and I, I don't want to get too much into the hurry up because we're going to talk about the hurry up in the next episode. And there's a lot that I want to kind of dive into. But I do think that you have to find a way to replicate the things you were doing in the hurry up and not necessarily the tempo completely because that is unrealistic to think you can go full. You can go, um, you know, two minute offense the entire game and and be alive in the fourth quarter, especially for the big guys in the on the line. But in terms of getting the calls in quickly and allowing Derek to make decisions at the line, that's the way this offense needs to operate a lot more than it has in the first four weeks. And and Pete, to his credit, I don't think that I think he's gotten more criticism than is reasonable for what he's been doing. But at the same time, you got to find a way to 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 adjust and to do the things that have worked and eliminate the things that clearly have not worked. And that's where I think you've seen this Saints offense really not get the job done is adjusting in game and and kind of working that around and, and finding that that tempo and that rhythm. Because and and Mike uh 
Mark Slayer had said this, and I and I agree completely. He called the Texans game the Saints Texans game, and it just it feels too often like the Saints are just going one play at a time, and they're just saying, "Okay, that there's that play. What are we going to call next?" It's not a plan. It's not it's not punch counter punch. It's okay. What type of punch now? Okay, what type of punch now? Okay, what type of punch now? And that's not how good offense operates. And I don't think that's what happened in weeks one and two. When you go back and look, it just seemed like the Saints had a plan and and then defense kind of looked at it and countered it and they never they 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 didn't have another plan for it. And that's where I'd like to see them do better. And kind of going off the rails here, I've been kind of rambling, but that's what these podcasts are for, right? Anyway, this is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. Thanks everyone who chimed in. Thanks everyone who watched all the way to the end. I think the internet has has caught up for some reason. It, it took that long to do so, but I appreciate everyone for listening. Everyone who dropped in a comment, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. I'm Jeff Nowak. This is Inside Black and Gold. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. You can follow the show at Saints underscore pod. You can check out, well, if you're watching on YouTube, you already know that, but you can check us out on YouTube at WWL Sports and you can check out the latest news notes and analysis on WWL.com. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back with another episode on Friday, breaking down the Colts-Saints matchup. We'll have someone from Colts land. I don't know if we finalized that yet, but that's Steve's job. So Steve's going to have someone for us from Colts land to break down what the Saints should expect. Again, we're going to dive into more of the tempo conversation and whatever else crops up between now and then. Thanks, everyone. As always, who that? Go Saints. Please, y'all. Peace.